Welcome to the Veterans Journey, the show that shines a light on the journey servicemen and women face as they transition from serving their country to civilian life. Today's podcast, we're pleased to be joined by Mark Michael. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me on. Fantastic. Thanks. And as always, we're joined by Will Simmons. Will, I understand you and Mark have a little bit of history together. Yeah, that's right, Jamie. Uh, thanks uh, for serving up the introduction for Mark. We have uh, served together. In 2018, we went to uh, the Sinai, uh, which is uh, with multinational force and observers. Those of you who may not know, that's the international peacekeeping organization that is there to keep the peace between the uh, Arab Republic of Egypt and the state of Israel. Um, I was deployed there as part of the liaison staff, but Mark and a uh, whole platoon worth of Canadian military police were stationed uh, in the Sinai at the same time. So we got to get to know each other over the pre-deployment training, the uh, remainder of our tour. And uh, as you can all see, we kept in touch over the last couple of years as well. And Mark went uh, from a military police officer to now working full-time with uh, the Toronto police services so congratulations mark on that transition and um i'm really excited to have you on thanks well i'm very excited to be here like i said guys thank you very much for having me on yeah one one reason why you came to mind was uh as we've developed this podcast we've invited guests on who like yourself join the Canadian Armed Forces uh, with the intent to upskill and learn a trade. Um, but what we've seen with you and many members of the Canadian Armed Forces, they're not actually looking to stay in for 20, 25, 30, 35 years. What they want to do is get, get a trade, get some experience, see the world, and then transition out of the CAF. And having paid their service to their country, very happy to do so, and actually use that to catapult to the next stage, which is what you did. So I guess the first question is, maybe you can give us a background about yourself, just personally, why you want to join the forces, and specifically, why you wanted to be a member of the military police. Okay, so I always wanted to be a police officer growing up, and uh, I figured right out of high school, I, I took police foundations in Niagara College. And I completed the program, but I was 21 years old. And at 21 years old, it's really hard to get hired onto a police service because um, to be a successful candidate, you need to have life experience. And that's not to say 21 year olds don't have life experience, but you don't have that much as a 21 year old. So I, I was working part-time selling cell phones, um, volunteering with the Canadian Coast Guard. And I did that for a couple of years, went back to school and well, Brock University, and I took um, an undergrad in political science. And I also had an active application in with the military police. And I figured getting into the military would be a really good uh, stepping stone into getting hired on with a civilian police agency. And the reason being for that is the skills that you learn from the Canadian Forces is uncanny, uncomparable to many organizations, as well as the discipline. And the fact that police services are a paramilitary organization, I felt that it would be a good idea. And I followed through with it. And I eventually, in 2016, I got picked up with the Canadian Forces as a military police officer, as a non-commissioned member. Let me correct that. As a non-commissioned member and did my training. And in January 2017, I became a military police officer that was a regular force member that was supposed to see if be a squamal. And my duties were answering radio calls and doing police, police 
functions on a military level. And now I hired on with Toronto Police Service and you know what, and I cannot thank the military more than enough for everything it's, it gave me. Uh, I found when I went through the process with Toronto Police, everything I did with the military really, really helped and was beneficial to my uh, recruiting portfolio with Toronto Police Service. One thing I remember being on deployment with you, Mark, was you were in the Canadian Forces for less than two years before you got to deploy, which isn't the norm oftentimes, especially in the Canadian Forces. Some mm. folks have to wait a number of years to get to deploy. What was that like for you? Just entering an organization from scratch, getting the training, and then actually being responsible for um, performing on an operational environment as at the time, either senior private or a junior corporal. I think you're a junior corporal at the time. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that, that sort of whirlwind two to three years from when you got enrolled into deploying and getting to hang out with uh, folks like me overseas. You know what, Will? I, yeah, you're right. I wasn't even two years in when I uh, deployed. And what happened with that was um, when I got into Esquimalt, there was a lot of taskings uh, domestically. Um, so I got, like, I'm, I'm, I'm an Ontario boy. I'm a Toronto kid. At, before I joined the military, all I knew was Southern Ontario. Like, North Bay was Northern Ontario to me. And when I got posted to Esquimalt, I saw a good chunk of the country. I drove all the way across Canada. And then when I got to Esquimalt, I, I had the privilege and the honor of getting to go to Newfoundland, Labrador, Nova Scotia, um, and then serving for the wildfires in Interior BC. And from that point on, I realized I, you know, I haven't really seen much and I wanted to take advantage of it. So I was saying yes to all these operations that, you know, just got me to different places to travel the world, travel the country. And when I got back in October of 2017, I talked to my chain of command. I submitted a memo requesting that if there's a deployment, I wish to be on it. And I was kind of met with, Hey, you're really rather new. But if there is anything, we'll let you know. And this is where hard work pays off. I was saying yes to all these operations. I was leaving home. I was never really in a squamal much. I was always traveling here and there. And it paid off. My sergeant major, major rewarded me. And he gave me an operational tour to Egypt. And to answer your question, that was, that was kind of interesting. We met in pre-deployment training. And I had the least amount of time on. There was reservists that had a lot of time on. So for me, I was just sitting back and I was just soaking the experience like a sponge. I found that to be important because from not just military police members, but from all other trades, including the infantry members, um, yourself as a commissioned officer, just being a sponge and soaking it all up. So it was what a wonderful uh, learning experience it was to go through that. And it was just for me, I, uh, I the way I operated there is I kept my mouth shut. I kept my ears open and my eyes open and I soaked everything up like a sponge. You know, Mark, it, it, I, there's so many things that you've just said that I, I want to pounce on and I want to ask you about. You, you talk a lot about saying yes. You talk a lot about your experiences, being able to kind of open your eyes, both from a, a national perspective, got, coming outside of Toronto. I understand we still didn't take the, the leaf fan out of you. We'll work on that. But um, you know, your hard work, everything that you're talking about there. And it sounds like, you know, one of the things you said was the skills from a, from a CAF MP to the Toronto police services, 
it seems like a natural transition, right? And as a civilian, as somebody that didn't serve, I look at that and go, okay, well, this makes perfect sense to me, right? Mm -hmm. You go from military police to Toronto Police Services. Well, that's, that's a natural transition. But I hear you say all of these other things about your experiences, the hard work. Talk to me a little bit about, there has to be some of that in your DNA. That's who you are. But how much of that did the military help you identify? How much of that did the military kind of pull out of you? And is that something that is, is just a mark thing? Or is that something that maybe employers as we move forward can really say, you know, that's a trait of our, of our servicemen and women to a certain extent? You know what? That's a great question. And I like to think that I, you know, I'm a go-getter. I'm very inspired. I always want to do things. I'm motivated to learn and experience new things. Um, but I think the military, and you know what? I don't even think it. I know it. The military helped me unlock my potential. Because when I went through basic training, I learned that I'm stronger and tougher than I really you know, thought I was. Um, being sleep deprived to being task oriented and working in a team setting um, and being able to develop these skills. Like the military really took me from when I was on a bottom level and throughout my military career, like really brandished it. And these skills helped, like they were just constantly developing and to the point where um, I was doing, I, I, just before I left the military, I was uh, a shift supervisor in a squamal, which was a sergeant's job and I was a corporal. So I like to think it's a little bit of both where you have these genetics traits in you before you're in the military, but then the military just helps you develop those skills and brings out the best in you, brings out the most in you. And you just get the job done. Like I know Will and I, the thing is, no matter push, come shove, whatever, you're faced with like terrible conditions, the job needs to get done. And the military teaches you, no matter how hard it is, you're going to get the job done. At what point did you start thinking about leaving the Canadian Forces? It seems like you had a very positive experience because you had just returned from deployment. You're actually filling a role that was two ranks higher than you were and uh, doing well. What, what was it that you had the opportunity with Toronto police? Uh, what, was it so much they offered, they reached out to you or were you actively looking to uh, transition out of the Canadian Armed Forces? Well, so here's what had happened. I uh, knew when I got into the military that I always wanted to be in Toronto police. It's the service of my childhood dreams. I always wanted to be a Toronto police officer. But when I got into the military, I went in with an open mind. I went in saying like, yes, my ultimate goal was to become a civilian police officer, but had I loved the military as much as I did, and I did, I uh, really wanted to stay in um, and learn as much as I can. And what it was for me was, I love the military, but for me, staying with the Toronto Police Service was going to keep me closer to my family and be more along the lines of what I really wanted to do. So... The way I saw it was the military police was going to be my stepping stone. It was going to give me the experience. It was going to help me develop these skills that was going to make me into a much better officer later out in the road. And which is the case, which is the case right now. Like I, when I went through with Toronto, like everything I learned with the military was applicable, very applicable. And I, I reached out to Toronto. I was actively looking out um, when I hit my three years, I was like, you know what? I like the military, but I would love to do the civilian police agency. 
But at the same time, I knew if I became a Toronto Police Constable, I can still serve as a military police member as a reservist. So I could still get my military fix, if you want to call it that. Um, um, as soon as we got back from tour together, I started looking and researching and I started uh, catering courses and my resume to how I wanted Toronto Police to see me. And went through the recruiting process and during the interview process with Toronto Police Service, they were asking me questions about just, you know, behavioral essential competency questions. And prior to joining the military, I found those questions to be really hard. Like they, it was not an easy interview, but once I had all the experience, I soaked up with the military police, those questions were, they were easy. And at one point, these two recruiters, there were two detectives in the recruiting section. They stopped the interview and they said, hold on, let's hold the phone. We just want to say something. Have you taken statements before? I'm like, well, yes, I have. I've, I've taken accused statements, witness statements, victim statements. They're like, we can tell just by the ba based on the way you are answering your questions and the way you are delivering it. So that was the night and day difference from pre-military to post-military. Or actually at the time, I was still in the military. I think you're also keen to get back to Toronto because of the uh, Toronto Maple Leaf season tickets you and your family have to, so you can actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that day. I like opportunities with the Toronto Police Service. I, I've, I've been privileged and I've been very lucky to uh, work a few uh, extra overtime shifts watching the Leafs and Raptors play. And, you know, that's always great. <laughs> I was going to say, there's not too much uh, Toronto Maple Leafs action going on in Esquimalt on the West Coast for whoever doesn't know where that is. Um, but quickly, I'm glad you touched on it, Mark. I was going to ask you about the interview process. You, you're saying it made a clear difference to those that were uh, interviewing you and assessing you uh, to be a Toronto police officer. Your military experience directly contributed to your success. Um, as being a, a Toronto police officer through, through, through the consideration process? It, it really did, Will. It really did. It was night and day. Going through the process before I was a military police uh, policeman to now uh, going through the process with Toronto police and, and the OPP as well. Um, I found my interview answers were more structured. I was following the STAR format and Whereas before I joined the military, I was like, oh, I was really pulling in deep to answer some of these questions. Now, I, well, once I did three years with the military police, it was kind of like I had a bank of answers and scenarios for each question. And I was like, mm, which one should I use? Which one's going to be my strongest one? So rather than trying to pull, I now had multiple selections. And really, like going through the recruiting process as a military member, it like the respect that you get from the recruiters, it, it was, it felt different. The going through the process as a military member, it just, they, I wouldn't want to say it's easier, but they look at you and they expect more. So in that sense, it's kind of harder, but it's fair to say that they expect more because you are going to have these experience that somebody else who hasn't served, they won't have it. So the expectations were higher. But because of all the experiences and skills and traits and everything you develop in the military, it should make it easier. And I found that it did. I found my military service, my, my experiences as a military policeman really, really did contribute to my success in the recruiting section, recruiting stages of uh, Toronto Police. 
Just a reminder, the Veterans Journey is brought to you by CWIP, the Cyber Workforce Enablement Program, the exclusive EY and With You With Me supply range with the Government of Canada to provide IT-trained veterans to the Government of Canada departments and Shared Services Canada clients. Mark, this is absolutely incredible, some of the things that you're talking about here. And it's interesting to me because um, I, I'm listening to you and obviously, and, and I brought this up before, the easy correlation is you know, military police officer to, to Toronto police officer, that's easy. But what I'm hearing you talk about are some of the uh, soft skills, some of the other things that I don't think most people would would out, would attribute to, to military services, right? You talk about the soft skills. Talk to me a little bit about some of the training and or experiences that help you deal with the public, right? Because you're, you're dealing with as a police officer, but I imagine as a police officer, you're dealing with people of all walks of life constantly uh, in the field. How did the military maybe give you a different perspective on dealing with people? And then, you know, as we talk about IT and other career, op, or career fields, does that, do you think that translates or is it just police officers that can take advantage of military training? Oh, absolutely not. I think military training translates to every aspect of life. Um, every occupation, uh, if you served, you're going to benefit in any occupation. Like, um, not even in core, like, yes, I am a police officer, but not even in core policing function duties am I utilizing these skills. Like, if I'm talking with a member of the public, and this has happened to me many times, and not in a police setting, yes, I'm wearing a police uniform, yes, I'm on duty, but it, not in a policing capacity just talking with the general public um through my experiences with the military police i'm not just subjected to a select region like i was before i only knew toronto at the time so i only knew you if you were not from toronto if you were coming through or you had some sort of aspect before then i got to experience west coast life and it's different it's very different the people are very different i got to experience east coast life I got to experience Newfoundland and that is something like anybody who's been to Newfoundland knows that's it's completely different. But like, I feel like the military gives you these soft skills like you talk about and these experiences where you're just, you, you're so eager to learn. You're, you, you go to a region where you're not familiar with and you're like, what can I learn from this? You're, you become so open-minded. You almost become like, it's like diversity. You just, you, you, you take it in, you soak it. Like, I had the opportunity of working with the Canadian Rangers up in Labrador. And it was amazing because like we, they were uh, locals to Labrador and I got to, you know, really discuss their cultures, their way of life. And me being a city boy from Toronto and them being from Labrador uh, where there's icebergs floating around and just nothing but ice and rock. It was amazing. Like I, we, we chat a lot. I learned so much about their cultures. Um, I got to try seal meat. Um, so not just like policing skills that I developed. I like my personality completely changed as well in the sense that I was now very open to things that I never thought about before. Prior to joining the military, I did not want anything to do with British Columbia or the rest of Canada. I didn't even know how beautiful this country really was. And when I got to serve, and that's when it really opened my eyes. Um, you become so task oriented. Like in my off, uh, off duty life, I, I, I find myself still like, okay, regimented in ways that I wanna get like PT done. I wanna go work out, wanna maintain this physical fitness, not just for occupational fitness, but for 
me, it's good. I still make my bed every day in the morning because I still remember my uh, instructors in basic training say by, you know, by making your bed in the morning, you've already, you've already done one thing. You've already started off the day by achieving a task. So I find myself very task oriented now and not just in, at work, but like in my personal life. And to answer your question about uh, other occupations, absolutely. Like I still keep in touch with a lot of people that weren't military police officers and they were in all aspects of, uh, uh, of the military, different trades like weapons technicians, vehicle technicians. Like I know a few vehicle technicians that have made the switch over and now are working for uh, Ford or, or Honda and not just in like, like in mechanical roles, but like now being in service roles and sales. So they went from being a mechanic into the military and now they're doing well as a salesman. So, or a saleswoman, like they're doing great. And I like to think that uh, the military really teaches you work skills, but also teaches you how to be more productive on your personal time, how to want to continue driving to motivate you to continue improving all aspects of your life. You know, we keep going back to this, but you mentioned being in Labrador rocks on floating ice. I just assumed that you were talking about a Leafs game. So I apologize. I, you lost me a little bit there, but um, I will say this, you know what I keep hearing you say, and it sounds to me like the military helped you get the best out of yourself and whatever that is, that could be the experience. We don't always hear that side of the coin. Sometimes we hear about the, the, the post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we hear about the other side of things, right? Maybe, you know, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, it was an incredible experience for you, but why should organizations, companies not shy away from looking at veterans based on potential, based on all of these other things? Because, I, you know, Will... My, my, my esteemed colleague here uh, at, one, at one podcast mentioned changing the narrative. So, you know, got a guy like you on, all I can hear is positivity. All I can hear is, is how great this is. That's not everybody's experience. No, but it's not. No, it's not. So, like, there, even in my military career, there were times where I was thinking, why am I doing this? Is, what did I do wrong in my life to do this? And, um, you know, I was lucky. My military service went... It was, I was blessed in the sense that it worked out well for me. Um, not everybody has the same experiences. Uh, sometimes timing has a, a play to that, right? Like in my case, I got lucky. I went from basic training right to the military police college, right to the road. And then I was expressed pretty much where I got a tour less than two years in. And then I was on my senior corporal's course, the QL5 course, as soon as I got back. But not everybody experiences that. Like I know guys right now and girls that are in there where they finish basic training and they're waiting eight to nine months to do their police, uh, military police academy course. And where for that eight to nine months, you're not really doing anything except collecting a paycheck. And while that is nice, you didn't just join the military police to just collect a paycheck. You want to do the job, right? Or join um, other trades, for example. Like I know friends of mine throughout basic training a couple of them are finally now qualified to do their job so it's taken almost four years from when they started to now being able to be like okay four years of training has passed I now can do what I wanted to do and you know I never 
had the uh, the experiences in Afghanistan or a combat tour. I never did. Um, I know people that have and have come out with PTSD, and you know their experiences are not the same as mine, obviously. Um, but I would like to think that yes, we we need to shed a light on that. But the military is on the right track. I like to think like General Vance with operational honor and PTSD awareness. It's trying to get rid of that negative uh, view of military members as being like damaged goods, right? Um, I found that there was a lot of resources that were available, um, but I myself uh, never went through an experience where, you know, I, I, I had was diagnosed with PTSD. I never did. So I wouldn't be able to really answer that. But other than uh, just people that I know that have been diagnosed with PTSD, they're still employed with the military. Um, they're getting the help that they need. Um, maybe not so much the help that they want, but it's there. Um, can we do better? Can the military do better? Of course. Can Toronto Police do better? Of course. Can any organization do better for the wellness of their employees? Absolutely. There's always room for improvement, right? But I think we went, and this, is, this applies to even in civilian policing and in a paramilitary organization, we are shying away from, you know, being, you, to be tough, you be quiet. No, now it's, if, if there's something that's bothering you, open up. You have these resources. Like with Toronto Police, we have psychologists that they encourage us to talk to. They, it's covered in our benefits. Um, I was at a nasty collision a couple of months ago and where... It, it was just nasty. And the next shift we came in, everybody was mandated, mandatory. We're taking an hour off. We're gonna, we're meeting with uh, a peer support council. Um, when I got back from Egypt, like the, when you're coming back and you have to clear back in, you, one of your clearance options is you have to meet with a psychologist, meet with a medical doctor. Um, so you get that opportunity to express uh, any hardship, any, any sort of traumatic experiences. Um, yes, you know what, you're, you're always going to get negativity in organizations that you cannot change. Um, not everybody's experiences are the same. I was lucky. I had a great experience. I know people that haven't had the greatest experiences, but you know what I like to think, and I know these people that they are really, they, they choose their own decisions. They, they kind of can follow their own path. So these people that have not had the greatest experiences, because of the military, they still have the choice to make, um, to essentially uh, make, the bit, make the most out of it, right? And for the most part, I like to think that we do that. Um, that's not always the case, but, you know, there's always room for improvement on the organizations. But, like, it starts from the individual itself. You need to acknowledge that you need to, uh, even if you're, going, you're having a bad time, you need to acknowledge that, okay, I'm not having a great time. What can I do? to help myself. Because if you're not willing to help yourself, how can you expect the organization that you work for to help you? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I love some of the things you said. Well, I love everything you said in there. Um, and, and certainly with awareness comes the permission for everybody to, to seek the help that they want. There's, there's awareness and, and real strength comes from asking for, for help. Uh, I think, you know, we'd all want that for our children. So we, we lead by example on that one. One of the, one of the mandates and one of the real driving forces for Will and I on this podcast is to give veterans a voice 
give every every experience and and we've we've had and we'll continue to have um individuals from from all areas of the military all experiences this is an opportunity to to really create an ecosystem of of communication for for everybody so it's it's incredible to hear your story it's incredible to hear you know the the differences but also the similarities and the similarities I'm picking up on from the military is just the willingness to learn. And I always come back to that when I speak to uh, a veteran or somebody that has served uh, and is continuing to serve, that it's just the this thirst for knowledge. And we've said it before, it's ordinary people being trained to do extraordinary things. And wow, what an asset it would be to have inside whether it's the government of Canada, whether it's a, a private entity, where mm-hmm. it is, right? These these types of, of of character traits, soft skills, you know, we talk about the fact that every job uh, posting, the first pages are all these soft skills, you know, teamwork and work ethic and this. And then when we have these conversations in an interview, it's, well, what's your experience? And we disregard those a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So really shining a light on that, right? And it sounds like those are the experiences that you've had. If you were to give any anyone that was, was – uh, maybe joining the military today uh any advice on on how to do that transition worked really well for you because it sounds like it did you know any any advice for anybody joining the military or thinking about transitioning uh back into civilian life today what advice would you have what advice i would have if you want it would be to really research the organization that you want to join if you're thinking about transit transitioning out um if you're a veteran right now if you're serving right now and you want to transition out into the civilian side, really, whichever organization you want to transfer to, you want to research that organization. It's no different than, you know, conducting an operation. You have an op plan, you read the op plan, so you're familiar with it. You really want to see what, what they're looking for. And now, as a military member, you got to remember, not everybody serves in the military. You got to use this to your advantage. You have to, you're not doing anything wrong by doing so. So when you're looking at these soft skills, these qualifications, these prereqs that they want, now look at it like, okay, I got this, but now how can I, I, I have this, this is fantastic, but now through my military experience, how can I make this really stand out? How can I be different than the average uh, applicant, right? And I believe the military, uh, once you're in the military, you have this uh, opportunity where you can really separate yourself from all any other candidate that wasn't that wasn't a military member. Um, for anybody who's thinking about joining the military as a stepping stone, that's fantastic. You just got to remember if you're joining the military um, as a stepping stone to get to where you really want to get to, you're going to be faced with times and experiences and stuff that you know you're not going to think is really applicable. Uh, when you're going through it, you're not going to think this is not going to be applicable later on in life. But boy, is it ever, is it ever? And you just got to remember that. And you just got to have this eagerness to continue wanting to learn because knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have, the better it is. And I found in my case with Toronto police, it wasn't necessarily my policing functions and my experiences in policing that I used for my uh, interview answers. And it was, really general army stuff. So like, in a sense, I shied away from uh, core policing duties in the military police. And I was now using this uh, soft skill side where I was using examples of non-policing duties. I was like just a wide variety of things, right? So if you're applying to 
work in IT, uh, in cyber, in that industry, and you were an infantry member, sure, yeah, infantry member, you might not have experienced um, what you would experience in IT, but don't forget that the mentality in the infantry is you work as a team, nobody gets left behind, you never quit, you're always driving to you know, improve, you're all consistently working to improve everything you do, including delivery of your skills, that's transferable. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a police service. You, you can work anywhere. You can go work um, selling cars for a living. You can work as a real estate agent. I know some veterans that have, and they have succeeded. And I've had conversations with them where they said, you know what? I, I, this was me before. And then the military helped me like mm, really propel me up there and really get me out there and really got me that drive and to be motivated and to like, to just get the job done and no matter what, to be persistent and just to always try and improve. So if I can tell anyone who's in that's looking to get out, uh, remember, like, even though you don't think of it, and I never thought anything of it when I was in, what you're doing is like a lot of the population, the majority of the population won't do or can't do. You're doing it. So use that to your advantage. Like, don't sell yourself short. Anybody who wants to get in the military is a stepping stone to where they want to be. Just remember that the military is going to offer you experience. In turn, you have to give them service. It's a two-way transaction. You give service, they give you experience. So remember that. And when, when you get to that point where you're ready to transition out, and you know what? A lot of people stay in, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do get to the point where you want to transition out, sell yourself. Do not sell yourself short. Use the military and everything you've learned to drive you apart from your other competitors because it's a competitive industry. It's a competitive world out there. Jobs are not as easy as they once were. I think you're like the embodiment of the old expression that success is when uh, preparation and opportunity coincide because, because you didn't just wait for it. You were very proactive and used your experiences very well and you maintained ready for when that opportunity did become available that you'd you'd grab that. And, and one thing uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff here, a lot of great stuff to, to follow up on with what you just provided. And I think, and I've always been an advocate of this um, after deployment, I actually was working at the Canadian Armed Forces transition group before I released uh, from, from the CAF. And, and what I've noticed is oftentimes when we find folks in the Canadian Armed Forces that are struggling or they're not transitioning well, oftentimes it's because they don't have a necessarily a path to segue to afterwards. So it's very good that you had your, uh, your dream in mind of becoming that Toronto police services because you wanted to continue to serve your community and be close mm -hmm. to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um, it's a little running joke we got going on here. Jamie is a huge Ottawa Senators fan for what it's uh -oh. worth. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said that at the beginning, Rob, but you probably wouldn't have joined. <laughs> I was your fans. Yeah. Well, we had um, what, I, what I'd like to just bring forward is one thing that we're very pleased with this opportunity through the CWEP is it's not solely just for CAF members who are about to transition or had transitioned out. Really, one thing we'd like to get out of this in the long run and why we love having guests like you come on board. It's because we want CAF members to start thinking that at any point, start preparing for your transition. It doesn't yes. matter where you are in the Canadian Forces. You could have just been uh, sworn in 
as a commissioned officer. You just got your badge after a very difficult trades training and you're on top of the world and you think this is the greatest institution since sliced bed, but have that awareness that you're right. It is going to be a competitive um, labor market that you're entering into afterwards. Yeah. And you got to be prepared to use the skills and the opportunities that the cap's providing to everybody uh, to really excel from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you're bang on. You got to be prepared. Preparation is key. You got to understand as well. Like you have to think about it like this, right? You can't just stop learning, right? You got to be prepared in what you know, and you got to be prepared to be able to learn more, right? The one thing you and I know in the military there, well, is in, at least with the Canadian forces is you always train for two ranks above. So you're a corporal, but you know what a sergeant does. If you're a sergeant, you know what a master warrant officer does or a chief petty officer does, right? You, you got to be able to be aware that, mm, okay, there's, I'm prepared in my day-to-day -day functions. I'm prepared for the job I'm going to do, but I got to be prepared for the future because you never know right and for members that are transitioning out and even members that are not like just community members that haven't served gotta be aware that knowledge is power right and preparation is key you got to be prepared in what you want to do and you're also going to be prepared for the fact that what you do isn't permanent it, everything's adapting everything is constantly evolving you got to be able to be flexible and be adaptable so that is the key. You banged it on. You know, Mark, you, you, uh, one of the key phrases that keep coming out from you is preparation. And somebody much smarter than me said it. I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard failure to prepare is preparing to fail. So the reality is, um, you know, it sounds like the military really pulled out from you your natural DNA. It created... Uh, it gave you the the opportunity and the foundation to really flourish and find your skill sets, whether that was on the soft skills and, and the ability to continuously train. So I think that that is absolutely amazing. Just a reminder to everybody, the Veterans Journey is brought to you by CWEP. CWEP is the exclusive EY and with you with me vehicle supply arrangement with the Government of Canada to provide IT trained veterans to the Government of Canada shared services departments. Mark, I want to thank you for your time. I also, although you're a Leafs fan, if I ever do get pulled over in Toronto, I hope it's by you because I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'd love to continue at one time. But uh, maybe what we can do is, is meet at a Leafs-Sens game instead of uh, on the side of the road when I get pulled over. So I absolutely appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Will, awesome. Thank you so much, pal. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It was, an, it was an amazing experience, and I'm glad I got to be able to, like, share my experience and, like, just have a conversation with you two fellas. That's amazing. Thank you so much. To anybody who's out there that's looking to transition out, remember, knowledge is power. Preparation is key. You're a military member. You have a lot to offer. Don't sell yourself short. To anybody who's thinking of joining the military as a stepping stone, there's nothing wrong with that. That is fantastic. You give service, you get experience. You too. I just wanted to say uh, you might want to take uh, the opportunity to see the Leafs play here in Ottawa because there's always plenty of tickets in the Senators' home hockey rink. So I'll take you <laughs> up on that, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's in the arena. There, it's not even in Ottawa, right? Like, 
Oh, it's it's in Ottawa, and you know this uh, this. Okay, we're done here. This, this is what's okay. And I really hope we're still recording because this is going on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> all right. So here we go. So you guys can keep saying all of these things. We just had the draft, right? Matt Murray's coming to town. What do you got, Freddie? Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson. Steady Freddie. <laughs> what is he? Playoff? No, 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 no. Combustible, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so I appreciate the Battle of Ontario. Unfortunately, it is going to require two participants, so Ottawa's <laughs> done their part. Now we just got to see if Toronto can. We just got to remember what Boston is to us is what we least were to you. Sense fans. <laughs> well, no, that's not entirely true because we never blew a four-goal lead in the third period. But you know, you did get <laughs> you did get swept by a seventh-seeded team though back in the day when our best players were Jonas Hoglund and <laughs> you're ab- Thomas you're, ab- you're, ab- you're absolutely right. And the Leafs transitioned that into a beautiful Stanley Cup. <laughs> 1967, uh, fellas. That's all I have to tell you. What was Ottawa Center is 1900. <laughs> It's not too far behind. The only difference is we weren't in the league for a hundred years, so we have just about as many. Uh, anyways, we're getting anyways, off the rails. Here. I don't. I don't I, want to. I'm going to get arrested yeah. the next time I go to Toronto. I love. I, hey, listen. In all honesty, I love all hockey fans throughout this country. If you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, that's great. If you're an Ottawa Senators fan, that's great. One leaf. We wear that red Canadian maple leaf on our shoulder. Doesn't matter if you're a Sens fan, Leafs fan. It's amazing. We're all great. We're brothers and sisters. I think what we can agree to at the end of the day is rivalries breed amazing hockey. Let's hope they all get back to the playoffs soon and we can have a lot more of these conversations. Everybody stay safe. It's a crazy world out there right now, especially with the global pandemic. Just everybody be safe. We're going to get through this together. Oh boy. Thanks so much, fellas. I appreciate it. Well said. We'll end it (laughs) off there. (laughs) All right. Later, boys. That's going to be some...